Hey guys, it's me, Willie, and welcome back to Willie Talk Sports. Today, we're going to have a real riveting, exciting episode for you all, man. We're going to be talking about the NBA Finals and the future of the Miami Heat, the future of the Lakers, and any free agency and trade rumors that have been coming out here recently. But I'm not going to be alone here. I'm going to be with my boy, one of my best friends since childhood, Christian. Christian, say hi, man. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, I'm really excited to be on this t- or today's episode, uh, give a little bit more insight uh, and give some of my best hot takes on the NBA and this finals. So um, I think it's time that we um, talk about the elephant in the room here. I think we should talk about uh, this, this finals and what made it so special. Uh, yeah, so... This finals was on a bunch of different reasons. It's 20, 25 years since the last time a five or lower seed made it to the finals. Uh, the last time was in, back in 1995 or 96 season, back when the six seed Houston Rockets made it to the NBA finals, where they actually won, uh, surprisingly. Um, but this year was the five seed Miami Heat and the one seed uh, Los Angeles Lakers, uh, led by LeBron. Uh, so what do you have to say about uh, this year's um, finals, Willie? I have to say, or I, I do have to say that this year's finals was very, very exciting. And I really did enjoy watching uh, these games as they, you know, as they, you know, came out and as they unfolded and everything. Um, I did think that there were some things that could have been maybe toned down a little bit, particularly the one thing I, I feel like could have been toned down a lot was the favoritism towards the Lakers. Um, you know, just LeBron basically pushing my man Tyler Hero, basically literally pushing him out of bounds and literally going up for the layup. Um, that's crazy. That should have been a technical at the very least. I mean, I don't know. What did you think about yeah, all of that? Yeah, there was a lot of uh... – yeah, in my opinion uh... – I thought there was a lot of, uh, I, I don't want to say favoritism, but there was a, you could tell the league was pushing for the Lakers to win due to the tragic death of Kobe Bryant. And uh, to give my take on that, uh, just to talk a b- little bit about Kobe Bryant, everybody's childhood hero was probably a basketball player. Everybody loved Kobe Bryant gr- growing up. And Kobe Bryant, along with Dwayne Wade, were my childhood heroes. But uh, just to focus in on Kobe, um, his death was really tragic back when it happened on January. I want to say it was the 24th or the 27th of this year. Um, but Kobe was a competitor. Kobe would have wanted the best and hardest competing team to win. At least that's how I see it. Um, that's the reason the Miami Heat made it to the finals. I don't think he would have wanted the league to sway the NBA finals in anybody's direction. Um, because it was his team. And, um, I mean, obviously we can't speak for the dead, but uh, that's just my take. I think it should have been uh, more more fair, um, so to say, as some of the offensive foul calls called against Miami were a lot of the ones we were seeing on both sides, on the Lakers and the, the Heat. I mean, we were seeing offensive fouls called on both sides and uh, they were only being called for or against the heat in our case. And uh, 
before I continue any further, you might hear some uh, bias towards me. I'm along with Willie. I'm also a Miami Heat fan, but I'll try and speak as unbiased as so possible. I, so I, um, I thought it was, I thought it was a really good finals. Um, aside from game six, but we'll get into that. Um, but yeah. Um, so getting into some noteworthy stats, did you have anything to say about that or did you want me to just jump straight into, uh, some things I took? Um, I mean, I, I mean, I, I did notice a few things. Of course, I noticed, uh, Tyler hero going off, uh, 37 points. Um, you know, I, I, I really do truly believe that this kid, Tyler Hero is going to be our – like, I don't want to have to compare him to Dwayne Wade yet because, in my opinion, there's nobody that can get to Dwayne Wade's level, at least not yet. But I think that Tyler Hero is slowly starting to get there, and I think that he is going to be our shooting guard of the future, and, 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 and I think that he is only going to continue to get better from here. Yeah, if he didn't show that he was – uh, one of the building blocks for Miami's future than in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Boston Celtics. In that series in particular, I don't know uh, what NBA fans are looking for. Uh, it was just a spectacular performance by him. He was averaging just a bit under 20 points per game in that series, uh, averaging his regular five rebounds, three assists. But it's a lot of that you didn't That right, and, and of really course, set and of course him apart from of course we can't pretty forget, much every other rookie that has shown up in in this season. Of course, we can't forget also that he was one of the youngest players to be in the finals at age twenty. He was one of the youngest players to ever make it to the finals. The youngest player, yes. Actually, actually he's the youngest player in, or he's. As of now, he's the youngest player to make it to the finals, the first player born in the year 2000 to make it to the uh, NBA finals. Um, that just goes to show that, uh, I mean, I, I love to say it a lot about our guys. Tyler Hero's a dog. He's, he's a fighter. He's a competitor. He has all the confidence and swag that you see in veteran players. Yeah, you know? and, um, and I know a lot um, of people would say that it's, Tyler it's Hero just, – Spectacular came into the wrong watch. era of basketball. Um, People would probably say that Tyler Hero belongs back in the day with all of those hard-hitting guys. Yeah, I mean, he, he took quite a bit of hits, as we saw in the Lakers uh, series, uh, from Contavious Cadwell-Pope <laughs> in that block in Game 3 uh, to just being bullied by LeBron. But uh, some noteworthy stats, really, that I want to point out. Um, let's start with the Lakers noteworthy stats. Of course, we're going to talk about LeBron and Anthony yep. Davis. Those, those are the two uh, uh, focal points of the Lakers offense and defense uh, team. But one thing I want to point out is that LeBron James is the only player aside from Michael Jordan that in NBA history to win four finals MVPs and four regular season MVPs. Uh, before we go into that, um, the four years that he won finals MVPs were, well, the four years he won the finals, the only times he's won the finals, 2012, 2013 with the Heat, 2016 with the Cavaliers, and 2020 with the uh, LA Lakers this year, and the four regular season MVPs, 2009, 2010 with the Cavaliers, 
in 2012-2013 with the Miami Heat. Uh, so just uh, bringing that up, uh, is there anything you wanted to talk about LeBron and his uh, – I just – personally, I think he's the greatest player to ever play the game of basketball. Well, so, uh, of course, Michael um, Jordan's a close I second. I would but love to have I want to hear with you on this, on that. but um, unfortunately, I do not. Now, while I think LeBron is a damn good player in his own right, and I really do think that he is one of the best modern-day basketball players of all time, I still have to give the GOAT status to Michael Jordan. Just because Michael Jordan and his era, it wasn't as soft as this era. It wasn't as, you know, snowflake as this era, if you, if, if you want to call it that. Michael Jordan was in an era, you know, with guys twice his size kind of sometimes, you know, especially on his team. He had Dennis Rodman. He had um, Scottie Pippen, who Scottie Pippen was another dangerous weapon in his own right. Um, but, I, but, but I just think that Michael Jordan is the guy. That's why you see, you know, Jordans being sold left and right in shoe stores all over the place. Because Jordan is the guy. He's the guy that people, you know, have this strong connection to, this strong emotional attachment to. Because for many people, Michael Jordan was their childhood hero, just like for some people, LeBron James might be their childhood hero. But people just gravitate towards Michael Jordan just because of what he was able to accomplish in his very Hall of Fame tenured career in the NBA. Right. And to jump off what you're saying, I think Michael Jordan will always be the face of basketball. In my opinion, if you put Michael Jordan and LeBron James both in their primes, Michael Jordan had a stronger prime. His prime was much more dominant than LeBron LeBron's. But LeBron's prime has stretched his whole career since he's been a rookie. It's 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 insane. Since he joined the league in 2003 all the way up to now 2020, it's almost 17 years um his first 4 or 5 years up to when uh he was started winning MVPs in 2009. But let's just go with 11-year prime. That that has never been seen in the NBA before. Uh, Michael Jordan's prime was a six-year stint. And those were the six years that he won the finals. And it was, right. it was an insane six years. I mean, obviously, we weren't born or alive during that time. But, right. I mean, we always watch videos and... And highlights, uh, and, all of that and, highlights and NBA Finals games from Michael Jordan. Uh, yeah. But I've seen all the games against the Utah Jazz, um, right. just against the different teams in the West. And they were, they were amazing. Michael Jordan is amazing. I'm not discounting that. But LeBron... LeBron's prime was an 11 years at the minimum, an 11 year span. That's what I want to point out. So to give this argument to you, um, I'll admit Michael Jordan had a more dominant prime. He's could still debatably be considered a better player than LeBron James, but LeBron James time span of how long he's in his prime and how long he's been this dominant for it. Although it's not as dominant as MJ it was still the most dominant we've ever seen in the NBA for 11 years. It's, it's 
it's ridiculous. And it's, yeah, it's insane. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I agree and, with you 100% there. Um, you know, it's just that I, I, I mean, you know, there was, there was a point in time, you know, and this is what I feel and this is what I think about LeBron James, but I think LeBron James just goes to the different teams that he thinks will win him a title. And, you know, that's probably a little controversial. That's probably a little debatable. But I do think that LeBron James goes to the teams that will give him the most, you know, success and the most, you know, high percentage chance to get a title. And, you know. Uh, that's where I got to disagree with you there. I'll let you finish, but I mean, I'll, you know, I'll give my take and, after and, you finish. And, and, you know, don't get me wrong. You know, there are other players out there who go to different teams sometimes just to get that title. Um, I, I do want to put out an example there, Kevin Durant. Um, you know, Kevin Durant left OKC, went to the Golden State Warriors, you know, stayed there with them, helped them, helped them, you know, helped make them a dominant dynasty. And, you know, he just kind of up and left. And now he's with the Brooklyn Nets with Kyrie, where he's going to have an even better chance, you know, as soon as both of them are back to full health to win a title. Yeah. All right. Yeah, arguably the best starting five sure, to ever play the sure, game of basketball. Um, so what were you going to bring up about the whole uh, LeBron moving on to different teams just to get a title? So LeBron, as we've seen, has never, in my opinion, he's he's never joined a team for money or for championships. Of course he wants to win, but he knows he's going to be the guy of the team. Doesn't matter how old he is. He's 36 years old right now and he's still the guy over a 26 year old Anthony Davis but he was drafted into he was luckily drafted into his home team the Cleveland Cavaliers that's he's from Akron Ohio he couldn't have asked for a better situation to be drafted it it was written out of a textbook Um, he stayed with them until 2010 unfortunately didn't win any championships throughout his first seven years with the Cavaliers but he stayed with them he was very loyal uh, stayed with them throughout his rookie contract and signed a rookie extension. Then he went to the Miami Heat. Now, that time he did, you could argue that he joined the Miami Heat to win championships for those four years. But the main thing that he joined the Miami Heat for was to play with his good friends. He told, he was, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but he came really close to joining the Chicago Bulls because star at the time and he would not have taken it because he wanted oh wait 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 christian christian before you continue there um you had cut out a little bit there did you want to repeat what you were saying about the chicago bulls uh i realized i was cutting out so i uh didn't speak as much but um, there was a time where Dwayne Wade almost joined the Chicago Bulls, and that's the the join was the Chicago Bulls play with. Okay, see that I didn't know that 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 was a little uh, that was a little interesting there. I didn't um I didn't know that he wanted to join the Bulls. I thought, I thought he had you know kind of made up his mind. Dwayne Wade left for. He was seconds away from having a starting five lineup of Derrick Rose at the point guard, 
Dwayne Wade at the shooting guard, him at the small forward, my man Joe Sid. Kim Noah at the <laughs> power forward or center, and that was back at the time when Joe Kim Noah was in his prime, and yeah, <laughs> and any other player, it doesn't matter who you put at the five or four alongside with Joe Kim Noah. That's the most dominant starting five in in the league at the time. If you pair them together, not more probably not more dominant than what we had now. I mean, aside from them having Derrick Rose, it probably would have been more dominant than our Heat. But he didn't. He wouldn't have joined the Miami Heat had it been for he wanted to play with Dwayne Wade, one of his best friends, and we saw the chemistry on his court. He's still considered LeBron James' best teammate to ever play, and and I'm hearing arguments now of whether eight D's his best teammate or whether Dwayne Wade's his best teammate, but we'll get into that. Uh, My next point that I wanted to bring up to you, Willie, was uh, LeBron's first is the first player to win the NBA or the finals MVP on three different teams, the Lakers, Cavs, and Heat. I think that also goes to show how durable LeBron is. And that that just proves Um, my point further of, I will agree with you. There's prime for so much longer. Uh, What's your take on that? LeBron, had, you know, a lot more years, you know, as a dominant player in the NBA, like you said yourself with the whole, you know, finals MVPs and the regular season MVPs and all of that. Um, I don't know, man. Like, like there's still just a part of me that says that Michael Jordan was just the overall better basketball player. And, you know, Michael Jordan was more, was more or less the more marketable basketball player as well because, of course, our movie from our childhood, Space Jam, which is getting a sequel, by the way, with LeBron. Um, you know, Space Jam was one of those movies that, you know, you look at it now and you're like, well, you know, that movie's a little cheesy, but it's a movie that we grew up with and it's a movie that we love to watch. You know, it's, 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 it's a movie that will stand the test of time as a movie with Michael Jordan. Yeah, I got to agree with you on that. Uh, it was a long time ago that I watched it, but I do remember thoroughly enjoying it. It was, you know, it uh, it was just an enjoyable movie. He is a, I agree with you, he is a more marketable basketball player. Uh, it goes back to what I said. He is the face of basketball and will always be the face of basketball for all time. doesn't matter if someone comes along and becomes better than even LeBron James or debatably better than Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan will always be the face of basketball, just as and that is uh, arguably that Jackie is Robinson right there, my or friend. I agree Babe Ruth, the face you of have baseball. Different faces for these different sports. I mean, or, if you think about it, who would be the face, you know, of the NFL? If we're really, you know, getting into that, I think the face of the NFL would probably have to be John Madden. Even though John Madden wasn't a football player, he was a damn good coach, and you know, he was a coach that coached the Oakland Raiders for many, many years, and he made them this great team. I mean, not so much anymore. But, you know, I, I, you know, back in the day, he had made them what they were. And, of course, John Madden is, of course, the name that's on every Madden video game. Well. Right. And if we talk about coaches, the face of basketball would be Phil Jackson. But um, if we're talking about NFL, the face of basketball would be um, – Another time, yeah. The face of uh, the um, NFL would you see, probably be. I'm Tom glad Brady that you brought up Phil Jackson, Montana, but that's because, a story well, for, Phil Jackson a topic for a different time. Phil Jackson is the you know face of basketball um, in terms of coaching, 
you know, Phil Jackson was a very bad um, kind of executive for the New York Knicks. Um, you know, he, he made a lot of really boneheaded, stupid decisions that really, you know, turned the Knicks into the laughing stock of the league, which they are still trying to get out of that now as we speak. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're trying to be something more than just a laughing stock. Well, when I bring up Phil Jackson, I bring up Coach Phil Jackson, the coach for the Chicago Bulls during right. the uh, 91 through 96 era. Uh, and that's what I mean by coaching. I... Coaching, but uh, it looks like he went to the Los Angeles Lakers, but uh, that that was my point when we're talking about coaches. Uh, the face of basketball yes. coaching would be Phil Jackson, even though debatably Pat Riley was a better coach for for different teams, for the Miami Heat, for the Los Angeles Lakers, in fact. Um, but let's drag this back on topic. Uh, another thing I want to point up is now we're going to get into LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Um, LeBron James and Anthony Davis are the first pair of teammates in NBA Finals history to average 25 points per game on 50% field goals in the same postseason. Um, Kobe Bryant and Shaq pulled off a similar uh, statistic, but uh, it they uh, Kobe didn't reach the 50% field goal uh, percentage. Now, do you think that this makes Anthony Davis, LeBron James... Um best teammate that he's ever played with i personally have Dwayne wade that's because of bias probably um but this is anthony davis's first season with lebron james as a teammate and it was impressive but and if i if they play for three four more seasons together and win two or three more championships and yes i'll admit that anthony davis is a better or was and or was LeBron James? So my opinion teams? on that is actually very um, very simple. But I want to hear you. And opinion. I'm going to say yes. Um, the reason I'm going to say yes is because it seems to me that AD brings out the best in LeBron as LeBron brings out the best in AD. You know, AD was on a team for so long, the New Orleans Pelicans. You know, he was on that team for so long. You know, just kind of wandering around in mediocrity. Not him in particular, but mostly his teammates, because. Who did he really have on the Pelicans that really, like, elevated him? Drew Holiday? Drew Holiday is a great player. I will admit that. But, was you know, was he really the kind of person to elevate Anthony Davis to the status that he is now with the L.A. Lakers? No. Yeah, Drew, Drew Holiday was still an up-and-coming player at the time. He yeah. was in, he's no, no, in no, 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 and I agree with you opinion, on that. I really do think that Drew Holiday was an underrated player. It is an underrated player. But... You know, back, back, you know, back then and back in the day, you know, with Anthony Davis on the, you know, New, New, you know, New Orleans, uh, well, yeah, on the, on the New Orleans Hornets, which is what it was known at the time, um, and then it got, you know, rebranded to the Pelicans. But, um, you know, Anthony Davis was their best player on that team, and he, you know, he, he brought so much grit and heart and determination, you know, something that his teammates kind of lacked, in my opinion, you know, um, it, you know, it kind of reminds me of that whole story with Jimmy Butler and the Timberwolves, you know, where Jimmy Butler took what he called the scrubs of the team, the bench warmers, 
against the starters of the Timberwolves and he beat them and, you know, he beat them all. It kind of reminds me of that, you know, and, you know, not to say that Anthony Davis had, you know, bench warmers, you know, um, and, you know, during his time in the Pelicans because he didn't, he had good quality players, but, you know, those players weren't enough for him to win games and take that team to the finals, which is why he inevitably had to ask for a trade to the LA Lakers. And I think that that was the best possible move he could have done. Yes, I agree. Um, there wasn't any other situation where Anthony Davis would have shined as much as he did with the LA Lakers. And it, it's he was in a particular set of circumstances. Uh, he, the, he accepted the role of not being as ball dominant as he was in the Pelicans or the Hornets at the time, excuse me. But so did LeBron James. They both shared the ball evenly and they both averaged roughly 25 to 27 points throughout the postseason, 27 points throughout the finals. And it, it works well for them. They win games, and that's all that matters when it comes to I agree. To I couldn't agree more. And when it comes to basketball. Now, now I wanted to ask you about – we're going to switch over a little bit. To oh, let's uh, go. This is going to be a much more, I think, fiery topic for the both of us since we're both uh, Heat fans. But um, just – to bring up a couple things, uh, actually getting into one of the questions I wanted to ask you is, uh, so a couple facts I want to point out is Jimmy Butler in the last four games of the NBA finals played 180, t- 180, excuse me, out of 192 minutes in the last four games. It's the highest percentage over four games in the finals since Kobe in 2004. He's the second player in NBA history to outscore, out-rebound, out assist, out block, and out steal the rest of his team in the finals, with the first person being LeBron James in 2016. And he's the first player to do all that out score, out rebound, out assist, out steal, and out block LeBron in one finals game in NBA history. Now, that's considering LeBron has been to 10 finals appearances. Um, that's at least 40 finals games if assuming LeBron gets swept in all of them, but he didn't. He's been in 50, 60-plus finals games. Now, one question I wanted to ask you, and I'll give my take after I hear your opinion, is does all this – look, Jimmy Butler averaging 26 points per game, 8.3 rebounds per game, 9.8 assists per game. It's borderline triple-double averaging in the finals. He has 2.2 steals per game. Does this make Jimmy Butler a – there is Bonafide no question in my mind in the league. that Jimmy Buckets is here to stay. Even though Jimmy Buckets is getting old, you know, I believe he's 30, 30, 31 right now. Um, just, just turned 31. So he's getting he up there in age, but this man can still play. And I really do think that he is a bona fide superstar. Like there is no doubt in my mind about it after seeing his performance where he scored 40 Three points, 43 points. That alone should have made him the finals MVP if we would have won. If we would have won the series, it should have made him the finals MVP, in my opinion. Yes, I agree. He would have undoubtedly been the finals MVP, unanimously been the finals MVP uh, if the Miami Heat would have won, which a good point to bring up is uh, if our listeners don't know LeBron James was actually voted unanimously as the finals MVP this year which we'll get into that later 
Um, another thing I wanted to bring up is the depth between both the Heat and the Lakers team. What made this series so good, in my opinion, is the Heat were the underdogs, but they have the depth to compete. While the Los Angeles Lakers only had three players to average over double digits, LeBron James averaging, what was it, 27, 26 points yes. in the final. It was 29 points, actually, in the finals. And AD was averaging 25 points in the finals. They only had one other player to average over 10 points in, in the finals, and that was KCP, Contavious Cadwell Pope. But he only averaged 12.8 points in the finals. And that, I believe Rajon Rondo as well was having, was having for the a pretty Los good Angeles finals Lakers. Well. He was having a pretty good finals, I agree, but it was mostly the intangibles and the defensive effort from Rondo. Rondo mm-hmm. was only averaging roughly, I want to say, eight points in the finals. He wasn't putting that much of an offensive impact. Um, the Miami Heat had seven players to average double digits in the finals, and that's considering that Goran Dragic only played games one and six, and he didn't. He was one of them that didn't average up double digits in the finals. Uh, now, um, uh, what's what's your so, take on that? Uh, you depth know, versus talent. In my opinion, I, I think it's all about, about talent. That, really. I don't think it's always about depth. I think that talent far outweighs depth. Because, yeah, you know, you could have all these great players on your bench and, and all of that, and you can have some great depth. But if they're not talented enough, you know, to stand under those bright lights of the NBA Finals and play their damn hearts out, I'm sorry. At the end of the day, that's not going to win you a title. What's going to win you a title is talent. And that's exactly what the, what the Miami Heat have. They have talent. They have some serious talent. Save for Kelly Olynyk, That man can get out of here. But aside from him... We have a lot of talent. I agree with you. Um, of all the finals I've watched throughout the years, uh, back when I was a child watching the NBA finals in 2002, when I was, you know, sitting, you know, knee high to a duck, um, all the way up to now, uh, I can only remember one NBA finals where, uh, Depth trumped talent because I don't know if you've heard the quote before, talent beats hard work or hard work beats talent when talent fails to work hard. And I think the Miami Heat were a great example of that this year, but they unfortunately didn't win. But the only example I can think of is the 2004 Detroit Pistons, which the Miami Heat actually get a lot of comparisons to. Um, But yeah, I agree with you. Um, Every NBA Finals winner has had arguably a top five NBA player in the league and it, it sometimes it's just not enough to have a well-balanced team um, now let's go on to um, let's go on to the future of the Lakers um, considering that the Lakers don't have much depth where do you see the Lakers going on in uh, in the offseason this this year um... and in the regular season, where do you think they stand? Uh, who, what do you think they need to pick up? What do you think they need to contend for another championship? Because if you ask me, LeBron's aging, we say this every year, but it's true. LeBron's about to turn 37 years old. Uh, he can't keep up this level of play forever. Uh, what do you think? What pieces do you think the Lakers need? Um, 
Um, you know, I, I'm actually really glad that you brought this point up because um, I, I, I did want to talk a little bit about that because I think they need help at a few positions. Um, I think they definitely need help at the point guard position, which is why, and, and this is very interesting that I'm saying this, but I believe that my man Freddie, Freddie Van Fleet from uh, the Toronto Raptors will actually be leaving Toronto and going to the LA Lakers this offseason. Um, the reason that I say that is because Fred Van Vliet, you know, he's a very solid quality player for the Toronto Raptors. Like, he's very, very good. And he proved it, I believe, back in the 2019 NBA Finals is when the Raptors won the finals with Kawhi Leonard. Um, you know, Fred Van Vliet in, that, in, in those finals, he was on fire from the three-point range. Sometimes he wasn't, but most of the time he was. And I think that, you know, the Lakers being able to sign Fred Van Vliet, you know, will be a really, really good signing for them because I think he'll love to be there. And I think that, you know, he, he'll definitely play his heart out just to be around, you know, those superstars on that team. I agree. And uh, I love your take on it. Uh, I love Fred Van Vliet as a player. And that's saying a lot considering I, I don't want to sound too harsh, but I do not like the Toronto Raptors, mostly because of the hype that they got this year. Um, I do give credit where credit's due. Uh, they had an amazing season. But I think they were a bit overhyped, and it showed in this year's playoffs. But um, going on to uh, free agency and trading, uh, so I'm going to point out some of the uh, free agents and trade rumors that have been circulating around the Lakers and the Heat uh, this year. So I want to hear your take on what would be an ideal offseason for both, given these uh, rumors and uh, for free agency and trades. So for the Lakers, some free agents that they've been keeping an eye on is Paul Millsap from the Denver Nuggets, Aaron Baines from the Phoenix Suns, Goran Dragic, actually, from the Miami Heat, Joe Harris from the Brooklyn Nets, and Danilo Gallinari from the Oklahoma City Thunder, and, of course, Anthony Davis, but he's already made it clear that he's staying in the Lakers. And some trade rumors that have been popping around are Bradley Beal, from the Wizards, Kevin Love from the Cavaliers, Victor Oladipo from the Pacers, Drew Holiday from the Pelicans, and Derek Rose from the Pistons. Now, give me a realistic trade scenario in which this team gets better. Or not trade scenario, but off-season uh, moves. Which off-season moves do you um, think would be best for I the Lakers? I definitely think opinion, that they can add those names. Um, Goran Dragic as their point guard in L.A. Because Goran Dragic, while he is getting, you know, very old and everything, I still think that Goran can play at a very high level. And I think any team would be lucky to have him as their their starting point guard. I agree. He showed it in the Pacers series uh, in the first round for the Heat. Actually, he showed it in all the series, but that's where he really shines. Um, I I, I actually was going to mention Kevin Love. But I wasn't going to mention Kevin Love isn't going over to the Lakers to join LeBron again. Because I really don't think that Kevin Love is one of those guys, you know, to be kind of unloyal like that, I guess you can say. I think Kevin Love is going to be a Cavalier for life. He is. I I, I truly, truly believe that. And I truly believe that Kevin Love will be in Cleveland until the day he retires.
that's an interesting take considering that uh, he showed a lot of frustration, public frustration with the Cavaliers uh, throwing chairs, throwing the basketball and frustration. But uh, I think this is a hot take. I think this is a good one, though. I think Kevin Love will stay in the Cavaliers. I mean, every team gets frustrated when their team has lows, but uh, if they love the team enough, they stick now. Stick out I don't it. think. No, stick um, out the and, hard times. and I'm glad that you brought up Victor Oladipo because this is actually a very, very interesting uh, player. You know, during this offseason, because Victor Oladipo, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, has said very publicly he wants to come over here to the Miami Heat. He he hasn't said any other team that he really wants to be a part of, besides the Heat. Now we, on the other hand, the Miami Heat, we have not really shown that much interest in Victor Oladipo, and I mean. I, I guess I understand why, because Victor Oladipo didn't really have a very good final showing. You know what I mean? His team was swept 4-0, and he was out of the finals in the first round. So that's probably why the, the you know us, the Miami Heat, are not really looking at him as like a viable option or as like a viable player that you know you know that we got to go out there and grab. Yeah, I mean, he didn't say it with so many words that he wanted to join. He didn't publicly say it. But it's it's pretty obvious that he wants to join the Miami Heat uh, on vacations throughout the offseason. He comes to South Beach. Um, that's just where his vacation home is. Uh, you saw the chemistry between him and the Heat players uh, during practice uh, in the bubble. It's, it's pretty obvious that he wants to join to the Miami Heat, which actually transitions pretty well into some free agency and trade targets um, that the Heat have. So... I wanted your take on some of these players. So some of the players the Heat are targeting are Danilo Gallinari, which is the biggest name for free agency. Paul Millsap. Of course, we're targeting Jay Crowder and Goran Dragic because they're already on our team. And some other names that haven't been as popular as the first two that I said, Paul Millsap and Danilo Gallinari, are DeMarcus Cousins and Montrez Harrell. Now, before I ask you on your take on those, I'm going to go into uh, the trade targets that the Heat are looking for. Um, some of them that, and I think these would all be great pickups, but there's only one ideal lineup, in my opinion, would be there's Kyle Lowry, oh, which okay. is a trade target for the Miami Heat. Victor Oladipo has been the biggest name. Uh, Bradley Beal has been the biggest name all throughout the season. Uh, as of late, Spencer Dinwiddie from the Brooklyn Nets has been a uh, big name that has popped up. And uh, Drew Holiday from the New Orleans Pelicans has popped up all season for a Miami Heat trade target. And the biggest name that everybody's going for as a trade target, uh, but the Miami Heat are considered front runners to uh, try and trade or receive them in free agency in 2021 is Giannis, Giannis Uh Now I wanted your take on uh, what would be good pickups for this season uh, and where the Heat um, go moving forward. You know, um, I really still believe that Danilo, that, uh, Danilo Gallinari uh, will still be a great pickup for us. That man has proven time and time again that he can freaking ball and that, that, that he is the real deal. Um, I really do think that that hard work and that grit and that determination that Danilo Gallinari has will be a perfect fit here for the Miami Heat. I agree. He's the perfect uh, complement to Bam Adebayo, who we plan on keeping for the rest of his career. I mean, even if it's just a one-year deal, Danilo Gallinari is a 
one of the best stretch four bigs in the league. He can shoot the three ball at a consistent basis. Uh, the only other big who can shoot or bigs that can shoot at a somewhat consistent basis as much as Danilo Gallinari are Davis Bertans from the Wizards and Carl Anthony Towns from the Timberwolves, but um, we're obviously not bringing in Towns. But I also think that Danilo Gallinari uh, would be probably the best fit of all of these uh, uh, free agency and trade targets for the Miami Heat. Is there anyone else that I mentioned that for you sure, think would be a good pick? I definitely think that Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday needs a change of scenery. He has busted his ass. He has given his all for that Pelicans team. And they just don't freaking respect him. And, and that's just my opinion. They don't, they don't value Drew Holiday. Now, I think if Pat Riley got his hands on Drew Holiday, oh, let me tell you, Drew Holiday would be a stud here in Miami. I agree. I mean, the Pelicans organization, they're, uh, they just, when you're in a weaker organization, they think too much talent is good. And that's not necessarily true. Look at the Miami Heat. I mean, we're a talented group of players, but we've complemented our star players with players talented in certain special areas. Take Duncan Robinson, for example. He's taken maybe 50 two-point field goals this year and has taken over 600 three-point field goals this year. Just a perfect complement to Bam Adebayo off the screen and roll. Um. And Drew Holiday, I just don't think would fit with um, with Zion Williamson, with ben- Brandon Ingram. And if you ask me, uh, blowing up that team and revolving it about revolving it around Zion Williamson would be the best move for the Pelicans. But that's a topic for another day. If you ask me, the best starting lineup, the best realistic starting lineup for the Miami Heat next year would be Kyle Lowry at the point guard, Tyler Hero at the shooting guard. Jimmy Butler at the small forward, uh, Montrezl Harrell at the power forward, and Bam Adebayo at the, at the center. And that's all realistic because we can pick up Harrell on free agency and trade for Kyle Lowry uh, for relatively cheap. Not cheap because he's a great player, but um, it's it's a realistic with uh, trade with pieces. I'm that surprised that you didn't say up. Danilo Gallinari there, my man. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't say Danilo Gallinari for the starting lineup. Uh, Danilo Gallinari, I think, would if, if we can pick him up in free agency, he's the problem. The only reason we didn't get him this year is because he's been asking for too much money, which would stunt towards our uh, Giannis Chase in 2021 free agency, which I think we should uh, get him in free agency rather than try and trade him. Giannis isn't leaving the Bucks this year. It's just a fact. But uh, Danilo Gallinari, I think, would be a a great bench player behind Montrose Harrell at the four. Uh, and if we can pick both of them up, uh, we're instant contenders um, again. Not that we're not instant contenders next year, but that's just my idea. I'm glad that you brought up that whole year. Giannis chase that, that we, the Heat, are going on for 2021. Because I, I, I do want to mention something about Giannis. You are right about one thing. This man will not be leaving the Bucks this year. For sure, he's not going to be leaving the Bucks Now, now. I think, though, if they don't win a title next year, if, you, you know, Giannis doesn't win another title next year with the Bucks, oh, he's out of there. He's out of there for sure. Yeah, and you hear you hear the Raptors are going to, for them, the Heat are going for them, the Lakers are going to, for them. The only two teams I think have a realistic chance at Giannis 
aside from the Bucks, if they offer him the Supermax contract. But if they don't win next year, I don't think he's staying. But the two teams aside from the Bucks that I think have a realistic chance at Giannis are, and this might sound biased, the Miami Heat, because we've shown we have the talent to get to the finals without a Giannis-level player, and the Dallas Mavericks because of also their young core. Hmm. You know, I'm surprised because I haven't really heard like the Dallas Mavericks name being thrown into like that Giannis sweepstakes. I mean, I, I've heard the you know the Miami Heat rumors, and I've even heard maybe the Lakers going after Giannis. But even then, I really don't think the Lakers should go after Giannis because they've got Anthony Davis already, and he's already a quality piece for them. Yeah, those are some of the teams that could go after him. The Lakers most likely will not go after Giannis, but the Lakers or the Miami Heat, the Toronto Raptors, the Dallas Mavericks, the New York Knicks. Uh, and there's two other teams that I'm not remembering that have the cap space uh, to sign Giannis in 2021. Uh, those are all the teams that are going for Giannis in 2021. But like I said, the two teams that have the cap space and the talent to support Giannis is, in my opinion, the Dallas Mavericks and the Miami Heat. And I think the Dallas Mavericks are a sleeper team for to pick up Giannis in 2021. I'm hoping that they don't pick him up because I'm a diehard Miami Heat fan just like you are, but I got to give my unbiased opinion. They are a sleeper team to pick up on Giannis. And, and you know, speaking of, uh, of Dallas being a sleeper team to pick up Giannis, I also think they're a sleeper team for next season as well. Um, you know, like you said it yourself, we're both diehard Miami Heat fans, but I got to give credit where credit is due. The Dallas Mavericks have really put together this strong young core of Luka Doncic, Kristaps Porzingis, and you know what? I'm even going to say Jalen Brunson as well at the point guard. Oh, no. Actually, not Jalen Brunson. My bad. Seth Curry. Uh, Steph Curry's brother. Who Steph, um, Seth Curry has been sensational this season. He really has. Yeah. yeah, he has. It's insane how well he's been shooting from behind the park. Rivals Duncan Robinson's three-point shooting. Uh, it's, it, it, it must be in the genetics. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> It's 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 something, man. I know, Curry man. Yo, yeah. Jesus. Like I, I like like I, man. Now we have two of them. We have two of them now to you know ruin the league. Yeah. So I have some final questions for you, Willie. And uh, I, I don't know if you have some final questions oh, I do. for me, but I wanted to ask a couple for you first. Uh, my first question is. Uh, after this NBA Finals that just finished earlier in October, how long do you think LeBron can keep up this MVP level of play? Me personally, and honestly, I think LeBron can only keep this up for maybe like two more years. I think by the time LeBron hits 38 years old, he is going to start to regress. And he will eventually probably have no choice but to retire. Oh, no, not 38. My bad. 39. 39. As soon as LeBron hits 39, if he even stays that long, he will start to, he will start to regress. And that'll be the time that he retires after that particular season. Yeah, I agree with you. I think LeBron, personally, I think LeBron's going to stay in the league probably until he's 43. But MVP level of play that we saw in the finals, I think he's only got about three more years tops. Uh to give the Lakers and there's no guarantee that he can win even another finals considering we've got two juggernaut of teams coming back 
from injuries, the Golden State Warriors bringing back Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and uh, the Brooklyn Nets bringing back Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Those are going to be two instant contenders as soon as they get back, in my opinion. Um, I also have some final questions here for you as well. Um, one of the questions I have here is, is an interesting one, and, 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 and you know, we, can, we can both give our thoughts on it. Um, who do you think deserved the MVP, you know, the finals MVP more, AD or LeBron? Um, if you would have asked me going into game three or game four, I would have instantly said Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis was lights out. He was playing at the same level of LeBron, but LeBron was he in one of the games, I believe it was game two, LeBron turned the game over. No, it was game three. LeBron turned the game over 10 times on his own. If you would have asked me then, I would have said uh, Anthony Davis, but with when every with everything said and done, six games in, uh, you got to give it to LeBron, especially with his game six performance. It wasn't the best performance from the Miami Heat. Um, we looked defeated from start to finish. Uh, Jimmy Butler was worn out from playing forty seven minutes in game five, but it that was an MVP level of play. Uh, you got to give it to him. He he was there amazing. Was, you know, I, I I do agree with you a little bit there. Um, I, I would personally say, I think AD deserves it more, um, just because, you know, this was his first finals appearance, I believe. And, you know, not only that, but I do think that AD played a little bit better than LeBron. Um, you know, just, you know, you know, like you said, I believe it was in game two or game, yeah, game three, you said in game three, when, when there was 10 turnovers, 10 turnovers that LeBron, um, had the Lakers commit, you know, I mean, I thought that was just like a bad performance overall for the Lakers. Um, I, I, I didn't necessarily think it was a bad performance for Anthony Davis because Anthony Davis in that game was balling out. He was lights out, as you said. So there were moments in this finals where I think that AD should have been the finals MVP, but you are right. LeBron did deserve it a lot more, especially towards the tail end of the finals. And that actually brings me to my next question for you. What do you think AD's future looks past the LeBron era? Because LeBron has shown that he can carry very, very weak teams into the finals and win it. Look at the 2016 uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. That, Aside from LeBron James, there was no other name that was even a star. They were all role players. And LeBron, he, he beat the Titans. But I'm not sure if Anthony Davis can do that with his current team without LeBron. I mean, you got Kyle Kuzma, who's probably going to be out of the Lakers this this offseason. Rajon Rondo, who only puts uh, good numbers on the defensive end, in my opinion. Uh, KCP, who is, like I said, another role player. Danny Green bricked a game-winning shot in Game 5 and bricked his very first three-pointer in game six it's it's he showed that he can't step up to big shots and and he can't you know redeem himself when he needs to I just think this is a weak team without LeBron how do you think AD's future looks like when LeBron I I I, I agree with you and the reason I agree with you is because again I look back to the Pelicans team with AD you know that you know the Hornets Pelicans team that AD was was, was a part of it's like you said you know, just like just like how the Lakers were full of role players, so was that Hornets Pelicans team with AD. You know, those were full of, you know, role players who I mean, but you know, besides Drew Holiday, who was a big name, um, besides him, there was really nobody else on that team that, you know, could really contend 
or could really, you know, kind of, you know, give AD that push that he kind of needed in order to, you know, really like defend this Pelicans team and like really just like go hard for them and, and, and make them a championship contender. Um, so I agree with you 100%. I think that AD, you know, with, you know, with those players on that team, like let's say, for example, LeBron left that team this year. Let's say LeBron was a free agent this year. And, you know, he decided to go somewhere else. I really do not think that AD could carry that team, no. So would you say, assuming that the seedings were exactly the same, would you say first round exit to Portland, second round exit to Houston, third round exit to Denver, or a finals exit to us? Hmm. And, and wait, 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 in terms of this season or next season? Assuming LeBron didn't play at all this postseason. Ooh, if he didn't play How far at all, do you think the Lakers would have gotten first round, first round exit to, to, to Portland? That's a hot take. I was going to personally say uh, it's a second or third round exit, only because Houston is a weird case where their biggest guy is six foot nine, and Anthony Davis could bully everybody on that team. But Houston's got too much talent to lose that much. But if they did manage to beat the Rockets, in a seven-game series, they were not beating the Denver Nuggets in the third round without LeBron James. So, um, um, I had another question for you here, and this is definitely going to be a hot. Um, this is definitely going to be one of those questions that is going to show our bias. But this question is actually, I think, a very, very good one on my part. Uh, will the Miami Heat come back stronger next season, or will their white-hot fire be extinguished? So, actually, that that was. Very similar to one of the questions I was going to ask. My next question was going to be, and I'll answer yours too, but my next question was going to be, do the Heat need another star or superstar caliber to win uh, the NBA Finals next year? Uh, But to answer your question, are they going to be white hot next year? Are they going to be extinguished? Um, I personally think pending off-season moves and trades and free agency signings, assuming we don't change the team, we will be a three or four seed next year. We would have been a four seed this year. We gave up one of the games in the bubble for a better uh, draft uh, spot. We moved up a couple spots in the draft for becoming the five seed. And I, I think that was an amazing move by Pat Riley. Uh, we had the same matchup against the Pacers uh, and we moved up a couple draft spots that that man's playing chess, not checkers. Um <laughs> But um, I think we stay in the four, three or four seed next year uh, if you're taking into consideration the Brooklyn Nets and how they're going to perform next year. Um, um, that's going to be another team that's going to come up. I don't think the Brooklyn Nets are instantly going to become the one seed or the two seed. I think they will fight for a three or four seed against us. I think the Boston Celtics are going to be the two seed next year. As much as I don't like the Celtics, they're, they're a very talented team. They have the best starting five in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. The Toronto Raptors are going to drop off, in my opinion, and the Heat have shown that uh, we can play at a high caliber of basketball for a consistent amount of time throughout the whole bubble, uh, and we can play when it matters. Uh, we saw a different level of Miami Heat basketball in the playoffs than we did in the regular season, and I was shocked. As a Miami Heat fan, I was shocked by the level of intensity that increased within the Miami Heat players. 
between the regular season, the bubble games, going into the playoff games. So if you ask me, I'm I'm saying the Miami Heat are going to be a four seed next year. Um, I think to answer my question that I asked you, I think the Miami Heat need another superstar caliber player to win. Hmm. Now, to caveat off that, I think Bam Adebayo has the potential to become a superstar caliber player. Um, so if Bam Adebayo plays at a superstar level uh, next year, if we just pick up another star player such as Victor Oladipo, who we can pick up at a cheap uh, trade because of his low low trade value, if we pick up another star level player and Bam Adebayo steps it up and becomes a superstar level player, Joe Embiid level player, an Anthony Davis level player, which is possible. He jumped from nobody knowing his name to top three centers this year. I think the Miami Heat can win the finals. For sure. I, I agree 100%. Um, now, if we're talking about superstar caliber player, um, I think if we can get Giannis next year, that'll bring us over the top. That'll make us a one seed easily if we can win the Giannis sweepstakes. Um, because Giannis just makes every team he's a part of just that much better. I mean, the man is a two-time MVP, for God's sake. You know, the man can literally, he can turn shit to gold, in my opinion. And I agree. I mean, Giannis is, even if Bam continues playing at the level he's playing, he's still playing at a star level of play. If Bam still stays at a star level and Jimmy plays at a superstar level of, in the playoffs, even if it's just in the playoffs, just the addition of Giannis is enough to bring us to the one seed and I think take the Lakers to seven. And I think, in my opinion, beat the Lakers in six to seven games. For sure, for next sure. Year. Which brings me to another question here. And I think this question is definitely where, where it's going to get very, very heated. Um, did you think there was blatant favoritism in this finals than all the others? Yes. This, there may be a little bit of bias and uh, towards this answer, but it's easier to see favoritism when it's your team playing. Um, the announcers were all over LeBron. Uh, all over the Lakers in general. I, You could look it up on YouTube. There was a video where in game three, uh, or no, it was game two, excuse me. Uh, it was a close game. Contavious Caldwell Pope made video in the video oh wait christian christian before you continue you're cutting out a little bit again oh yeah christian christian uh you're 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 christian christian you're you're, you're cutting out a little bit there again man Christian, Christian, you're cutting out a little bit there. You want to repeat what you were saying there? Or sorry about that. Christian, Christian, you're, you're, you're cutting out there it's a little easy. bit, man. One of the best NBA finals blocks. Hey, uh, Christian, Christian. Better? Uh, Christian, you were cutting out a little bit there. Um, did you want to repeat what you were saying before? Yeah, my bad. Having some technical difficulties. Um, so yeah, pretty much what I was saying is the announcers were all over the Lakers. The rest were, uh, all over the heat. 
just giving us offensive foul calls, flagrant calls when it they shouldn't be made. There was definitely favoritism in honor of the Lakers and in in respect for Kobe's name when there shouldn't have been. So yeah, definite favoritism. Um, you know, I, I, I'm glad that you brought up that that Contavious Caldwell Pope block on Tyler Hero because oh my goodness, man, when I first saw that block. Everybody and their damn mother was talking about how, oh, my God, one of the best blocks ever seen. Oh, my God, that was an amazing block. Oh, my God, Contavious Caldwell Pope. Oh, man, what a block that was. Um, I hope that they're very much aware that there's been better blocks. For example, that LeBron block that he had on Andre Iguodala, I believe back in the – was that 2016 NBA Finals against the, the Warriors? Or was that 2015? You there? It was in the 2015. Yeah. That block is, I think, still one of the best, personally. Yeah, 2016. I, I, I still legitimately believe that that block was one of the best, for sure. Um, you know, um, which brings me to another question here. Um, good thing that I brought up LeBron. Do you think that, that, that LeBron is overhyped? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Yes, that one, that one, that one was fantastic too. Um, which brings me to my, to my other question here. Um, when we were on the subject of LeBron there blocking Andre Iguodala back in the 2015 finals, um, do you think that LeBron is overhyped? Uh, no, I don't think LeBron is overhyped. I think Actually, uh, just to let you know, I think the audio is cutting out a little bit, so it might be late. But no, I don't think LeBron is overhyped. Uh, yes, can yes, you, yes, I can hear you uh, fine hear me now, fine, yes, like in real time. Okay, uh, so no, LeBron gets all the hype he deserves, in my opinion. Um, there are some players that are overhyped, Pascal Siakam, um, Zion Williamson this year. Um, but LeBron James has proven that he can live up to the hype. Um, and that's just my opinion. That might be a little biased from him playing with the Heat. Um, I actually have two more closing questions, and those are all of mine. I didn't know if you have any more. But my first one is, do you think Eric Spolster receives Coach of the Year after finally being recognized uh, in this year's playoffs? Um, do you think he oh, wins yeah. Coach of the Year next year? Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, like you said yourself, we can get just like that one more – you know, if we can get that one more push with a superstar player, like a Victor Oladipo, like a Gallinari, or or like a Mon- I mean, yeah, I wouldn't really say Montrez Harrell is a um, is a star player yet, but I do think that he's a damn good player. Um, but, but but you know, if we can get somebody like that next season, I have no doubt in my mind that Eric Spolstra will coach us. And I will say this right now: I think that he will coach us to a fifty-four and twenty record. Hmm. Okay, that's an interesting take. If you ask me, I think he should have won Coach of the Year this year, considering that we're templated to be a nine or eight seed team and we made it all the way to the finals. But regardless, we're templated to be a nine or eight seed team. And we broke all odds and we became the realistically the fourth seed team. We were on paper the fifth seed team, but we were the fourth seed team and the best team in the Eastern Conference in the playoffs. 
uh, without a doubt. Um, my last question for you, Willie, is um, do you think this championship deserves you know, an asterisk? Um, I've actually thought about this a lot. Um, I've thought about, you know, whether this, this championship is kind of tainted, I guess you can say. And I'm going to say yes and no. The reason I'm going to say yes is because of just that blatant favoritism that was being shown throughout the finals with the announcers, you know, slurping the Lakers, uh, the referees slurping the Lakers, you know what? Um, you know, I think that it is tainted in that respect because, you know, you had so many just technical fouls by the Lakers. I still think that there should have been a technical foul for him pushing my man Tyler Hero. That that right there was fucking blatant. They should have called that. They really should have freaking called that. Um, And the reason that I say no is because and- I think about it like this. They did it as a tribute to Kobe. And... It's like you said at the beginning of this of this podcast. Um, you know, Kobe was one of my heroes growing up as well. You know, Mamba mentality was just something that, you know, stuck with me and stuck with me for a long time from then all the way now to adulthood. And, you know, I really do think that Mamba mentality was definitely shown here by the Lakers. I got to admit, the better team came out and played, man. I love the heat to death, but the better team came out to play. So, on my end, I have to give the same answer as you. I, it, it could go either way for me. I would say yes for a different reason than you said. Um, Pat Riley noted that this game would have went to seven games had Goran Dragic and Bam Adebayo would have been fully healthy throughout the entire series. Um, those were two, two of our three best players were out. And Jimmy was almost out after his game one injury. It was a minor injury, which is why he came back, but um, Bam Adebayo and Goran Dragic were both out for several games. Goran was only playing for game one and game six, and you could tell he was super hurt in game six, but he was doing it for the team. And Bam was out for game two and game three, and I believe game four as well. He came back in game five and game six, but uh, had they not been hurt throughout the entire series, this game or this series would have went to seven. We showed we've shown that we can take the best teams in the league, the Boston Celtics, the Milwaukee Bucks. We can take them them to five games, and the Lakers, who played on a different level against us, uh, we could have at least taken them to seven games. Uh, we probably would have won game two, in my opinion, if we had both of them fully healthy. Um, there was no excuse for game one. We lost game one, whether we had them or not. Uh, game three, same thing. We we won with Jimmy Butler probably would have still won that game, even with them on the court. And in my opinion, they would have won game five now, with them on, now, both on the court actually, fully healthy. Um, I did but, want to bring this up as like a closing kind of argument here for our, for our podcast here. Um, do you think though, because I, I agree with Pat Riley saying that we could have gone to game seven if we still had Bam and Goron, but do you think if we had Bam and Goron in that crucial game seven, do you think we still could have won? I think we take the Lakers to game seven. Bam and Goron are fully healthy. In my unbiased opinion, the Lakers still wins game seven. There's no way LeBron is going to ruin his legacy by losing to a fifth seed Heat 
team, although they were a great Heat team. But LeBron has LeBron had another level in him that he he showed that he was complacent in game three and game five where we won, even though he was still playing very dominant. He still had another level that he could have gone. And in game seven, we would have seen him leave it all out on the floor the way Jimmy Butler did in game five, where he was sitting by the stands or kneeling or uh, leaning over the stands where he had nothing left in the tank. He was just done. It looked like he ran 10 miles straight at a full sprint. Um, That's how LeBron would have been after game seven. And it would have been a much more well-deserved title. In my opinion, it would have been a much funner series. That would have been a fun way to lose in my opinion, Um, but it would have been entertaining. 100% there. Um, I think that with Um, that, and that point that you brought up there, um, I think that, yeah, that would have been a real fun – that would have been a hell of a fun way to, to end this year's finals on a real high note. I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, um, you know, not to say that, you know, th- there wasn't a lot of fun to be had in the, in the previous games in the, in the finals. But um, I think that if we would have gotten to a game seven, if everybody would have been healthy and good to go, I think that could have been one hell of a fun finals and probably one of the best. Not to say that this one wasn't the best now, but if we would have gotten it to game seven, oh, hell yeah, it would have been one of the best for sure. It would have been one of the most memorable in in, in the century so far. But uh, I have some final closing comments on my end uh, before I leave it back to you and for you to close it. Um, one of the things I didn't mention is why I would say no and to the asterisk. And I think it's because of what you said. I completely agree with that. Um, LeBron James wouldn't have lost the finals regardless of who was playing on the Miami Heat. He had that Mamba mentality. So did the rest of the Lakers. The role mm-hmm. players stepped up when they had to. Granted, they didn't put up 20 points a game, 25 points a game like they could have, like, our role players have been doing, but they did more than what they have been doing throughout the regular season, the bubble and earlier playoff um, runs and series against the Trailblazers, Houston Rockets and Denver Nuggets. And for any Lakers fans listening, uh, congrats. I mean, it was, it was a fun playoff series for me. Um, I'm glad Kobe was honored the way he should have been. And that's yeah, all so I my have. My closing comments are, I'll are leave it with you, really. Um, this was definitely a great final series that I think could have been elevated to, you know, God tier status if, you know, our guys, you know, were healthy, like Bam and Goron. If they would have been healthy, this would have been a God tier finals, in my opinion. I mean, probably, you know, that that's a little hyperbole there on my part, but I do think that this could have been a, a probably one of the best finals that we've gotten in like the last century, like you yourself said, uh, right there, Christian. Um, I think that um, that, yeah. but but what we but what we got with this finals instead was still very very special. It was special to me because as a Heat fan, I got to see my hometown team make it to the finals, being a fifth seed, being the underdogs, having people you know doubt us continuously, doubt us all the way, continuously shit all over us consistently tell us off consistently tell us that we're not going to make it there we're we're you know we're you know we're a team that's just going to suck really 
Well, look what happened now. We made it to the finals. We fought as hard as we could, even with, you know, some of our players not being out there on the, on the, on the court. But let me tell you something. We made it there. So now you got to take us seriously next year. You can't just write us off again like you did this year. But yeah, man, you know, that is, that is my closing comments. That was my, my boy Christian's closing comments. And, you know, we are out of here. Um, you know, this, this, this was a great podcast. It was a blast. I'm glad to have had my, you know, what, what, you know, one of my best friends on here to talk about the sport that we both love with a passion. Um, you know, so, 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 you know, so thank you for that, Christian. Thank you for joining me on this one. And, you know, thanks for, 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 for bringing in your amazing input on this one, man. You did a damn good job with your research. Thank you. It was a, it was a pleasure being here. Love the show. Loved it since the first episode. Uh, hope, uh, we can continue to expand and uh, get our points of view across to different people so they can I, just I, listen, enjoy man, a morning drive to work. That. Like I'm so proud and I'm so happy of where this podcast has gone from the first episode to now. Even though it's only been uh, three episodes so far, I'm still very proud of what I've been able to accomplish with this podcast. And I'm very proud to, to you know, have you involved with this podcast and helping me out. You know, it, it's... It's been real, real fun, you know, working on this with a real good friend of mine and, you know, making this podcast something that, you know, something that I think will get big in the future. Well, guys, yep, I agree. Um, it's been great. It's been it's been a, it's been a blast to talk with you all and to talk with my best friend here. Uh, we're out of here. You know, peace out, guys. Uh, tune in for the next episode. Um, I'll let you guys know on my social medias, you know, what my next episode will be about. Uh, peace out, guys. Take care. Uh, Christian, say goodbye to the nice people. Y'all have a good day or night or whenever you're listening to, and I'll catch, catch you on, on the, the flip next side, guys. Flex